Hey, yo, what's up, everybody? Your man, Dame DNYDC. Man, we uh cruising along. Seasons change. You know, a lot of us are dealing with different things. You know, pandemic is still going on out here. You know, and I will give you a little backstory about today's episode. So, you know, we're sitting here. We have our weekly team meetings, and we're just kicking off ideas with the weather change, pandemic, you know, people being sick, the flu, and, you know, uh, one of the team members was like, you know, well, you know, you're diabetic, you know, I'm, I'm a diabetic and, you know, maybe talk about diabetes. And I was like, eh, not like it's not serious or important. It's like, but, you know, maybe let's dig into something else. Like what else is out here that, you know, people are dealing with that maybe it's overlooked. You know, we're not really aware of or we don't pay enough attention to I said, because, you know, that's really what the platform is about. Trying to educate people on on other things other than themselves. Uh, and, and try to highlight those things. So, you know, we're digging and kind of going through things, and we came across today's guest. Now, today's guest uh, is doing some real amazing work, you know, through her organization and her program. And I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to bring uh, her to the forefront, Zuriel Gibson. She is doing some some amazing work, really love what she has to talk about. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to step back for a second. I'm going to let you introduce yourself your program uh to our audience and we're going to just dive into this conversation today because i think it's really something that's like i said overlooked and not really talked about enough so zero please go ahead and introduce yourself to everyone well hello and thank you for having me on the show i am completely honored uh, my name is zarell gibson i am the ceo and founder of the gibson lupus arc ARC standing for Autoimmune Resource Center. So I'm a lupus advocate. I got diagnosed with lupus in 1997, a little telling my age a little bit. <laughs> um, I, I went through a, a horrible roller coaster as far as health is concerned, life woes and all of that. Mm. And unfor um, unfortunately, I was in the hospital majority of that time on several different medications. Wow. So as I started to come out of the fog and do some things for myself and start to get a little better, you know, I was like, I wasn't in the hospital as much. And I was like, you know what, God, there is a reason I went through this. Please tell me, you know, and I started to see more organizations and businesses and doctor, um, certain type of doctors that were helping people with a day to day life. Now, true enough, we have a lot of organizations out there that raise money for the cure, which is something we need because mm. there's still yet to be a cure, but we're not, there wasn't a lot of people teaching people how to live on a day-to-day -day basis with what they're going through. So I wanted to be able to connect people. So that's how this all got started, to connect people where they are with an organization that was right around the corner, a group or an organization or some somebody so that they wouldn't feel alone. Because mm. unfortunately, the suicide rate started to rise um, amongst the depression rate. Oh, and wow. it was because a lot of people were feeling like they were in this alone. It was a death sentence because there was no cure, you know, and I wanted to people to have a different mind frame. So oh, that's man. how the organization even just came about, wow. you know, but to give you a little history about what lupus is, mm -hmm. lupus is an autoimmune disorder. Now, your immune system is built to protect you from all kind of foreign um, bacteria or illnesses and things like that. But with lupus, your immune system is a little confused. 
So mm. therefore, it attacks all your healthy tissue. Wow. So it attacks the skin, it attacks the brain, it attacks the lungs, it, it attacks whatever it can attack that's healthy tissue. Wow. So it's confused. Instead of protecting all of those organs that it's supposed to protect, it attacks it as if it is a foreign object trying to mess with you know all your healthy tissue. But that's just a little bit about what lupus is and where we come from. So... You know, I, I, and I, I, I want to go back to a couple of things that you said. One, so I do understand, um, you know, going through your, your challenge, you know, being diagnosed and coming to the realization of what you had to deal with. Uh, you know, same thing for me, you know, finding out I was diabetic, almost losing my life, you know, due to complications of diabetes. Um, and going through that, uh, and even before the show, or starting the podcast, um, I went through a transition too. Like, you know, and I remember saying this on on the bed. You know, the doctors in there looking at me, and I remember hearing the doctor say to my wife, "Well, look, I don't know. We're going on five days, and if this doesn't change, I don't know what to. I don't know what to tell you. You know." And I'm saying, and I'm looking at my daughter; she's crying. Looking at my wife, and I'm like saying to the Lord, "Lord, there's got to be something better, you know, yeah. for me on the other side." And, you know, I went through a whole period of maybe five years, you know, I started another business trying to help people in the community. And then for whatever reason or how things happen, you know, George Floyd and all of these things happening was able to spawn this platform mm -hmm. to really try to reach others uh, who look like you and I. Uh, but you talk about, you know, lupus and, I, and this is the part that I for me as a diabetic, uh, it never crossed my mind of the isolation of of thinking of suicide. And I think a lot of us don't really realize how serious, like, what type of pain or affliction, like, it, like what really drives that, you know, outside of the isolation to push you to maybe have those thoughts for some. Well, uh, question? Uh, yeah, well, I mean, I, I, I'm just, I'm just trying to get a better understanding myself because I know there may be others that really don't understand, you know, the pain or what what comes with that feeling to push you towards that that thought of suicide. So um, imagine if you had a, a pain in your abdomen that just didn't quit. Oh, wow. um, uh, it, it, it's a continual pain that just doesn't stop. Mm. And you just keep going and going. And then they don't give you a, a good diagnosis of you'll live and survive. They actually oh. told me I would die at 24. Oh, wow. You know, by the grace of God, I just had a birthday. I'm 44 years old. Yes. Congratulations. Yes. Congratulations, <laughs> sister. Thank yes. Thank you very much. Um, but, I mean, it's funny that you even started off like that because my story started with, uh, before I was even diagnosed, I was living in California with my father. My parents were separated. And I had got extremely sick. Mm. And it got to the point where I all I could do was call my mom. Because I, I was losing my breath and I didn't know what to do. My mother was an LVN and she was here in Houston. And the only thing she told me to do was hang up and dial 911 after I explained everything to her. I had to leave the door open in order for the ambulance to even get to me because I was just so weak. I knew I wasn't going to be able to open the door. So I was laid out in front of the door waiting for the ambulance. Um, I was coming in and out, um, going to the hospital. And I, I realized, I know that because I kept seeing mountains. I love mountains. Mm. I'm a nature baby. And I just kept seeing mountains and it was, it wasn't, I wasn't scared. It just looked real peaceful, you know, but I was still in a lot of pain. 
So they got me to the hospital. Um, I finally conk out for the last time. And then let, next time I come to, my mother's in the room. So you just imagine, I mean, mm. I was in California. She was here in Texas. She got there. You know, so I was yeah. out for a while. Um, it got so bad that my veins, uh, I couldn't keep an IV. They would pop. You ever oh had my goodness. Oh, my goodness. So, you know, it, it was just that that sensation, like being stuck, just keep continuously being stuck with the needle and then feeling like a thousand needles are going through your arm. Wow. So, and that's just in the beginning. Imagine going through this for years on end and not and there's nothing you can really do but stay drugged up and then they treat you like a drug addict because wow. you're just trying to get rid of the pain and then on top of that you feel like you're all alone when there's nobody around Ooh. because my mother my mother uh, didn't take care of me she actually took me to my grandmother's house who didn't understand what was going on mm. all, I, all she knew is that I slept all the time you know and she said bed, the bed take your strength so she made me get out the bed wow. I was just tired you know mm -hmm. Um, so it was just, uh, not having someone who understood me going through the pain I was going through having brain fog, which mm. is, you know, so you can't remember everything that's going on. Right. Not even, and I was straight out of high school, not being able to live a life that I thought I would be able to live. It's like, wow. I graduated. I'm supposed to be able to be like, woohoo, I'm free, you know, job, life, everything, nothing. Could wow. not get any of that. So um, I, I honestly tried to commit suicide myself oh my goodness. Had me on several different medications, like a page and a half of medications, wow. you know, and to be so young, you know, that's for any age. But, you know, for me to be so young and have to go through all of that and not truly understanding what's going on with my body, because I can't even remember everything the doctors are saying, you know, eventually um, God blessed me with a friend who came with me and he realized why, why I couldn't remember everything because they the doctors would come into the um the room late at night after i had my medication so they would try to talk to me and i was kind i was out of it wow so uh it was unfortunate but there were several doctors that had done that you mm. know and it it just gets really bad when you you're trying to tell the doctor what's going on and then they don't listen to you on mm. top of that mm -hmm. so all of these things, you know, I have one story, a doctor not listening to me. She put me on a medication. It blew me up to 200 and something pounds. Ooh. And I was like, ma'am, I've never been this big before in my life. You know, could you tell me what's going on? I don't understand what's going on. She says, oh, it's okay. You're just fat. Oh, wow. Um, no, ma'am, I've, I've never been this big in my life. I, I took the medication and me not knowing what's going on. Mm. You know, so I stopped taking the medication. I lose the weight and I go back to her. She was, I go back to her like three months later and she was like, oh my gosh, you look so good. What did you do? I said, stop taking, <laughs> stop taking that medication. <laughs> okay. And she looked at me and put in my chart that I was not compliant. What? So all the doctors started treating me as if I would not listen to them anyway. What? So just imagine all of these different things going through your head as someone young, not being able to really live life because Jeez. they had me on all these different medications. And I literally had to stop taking the medication for maybe a day or two, even to get to a doctor's appointment, because at one point I couldn't even get out of the bed. As long as I was taking my medicine, I couldn't get out of bed. You know, I, I, I made it to because I was living by myself at this point and I made I was able to make me something to eat and go back to sleep, you know. And so it was just me and my oh, own little world. And when goodness. you get stuck in a box, 
Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. in your head, mentally, yeah, yeah. You know, and there's no one really around. You tell it, me that ain't a, a disaster, right there. It, right, and that's why I say, like, you know, that's why I was really, uh, I, I wanted to ask the question and draw that because I think a lot of people don't realize, like you said, at that time in your life. Uh, being young and although you had your family with you, you really, and it's important, a lot of people really understand having a health advocate that can speak for you or that is there to speak on your behalf. Uh, Cause I went through the same thing. Um, you know, I remember going through my situation and my wife talking to my, my, my initial doctor and he's going on. And I, and I remember I could, I mean, I'm humped over. I'm slouched over. I, I mean, I feel like I got the house in the world on my shoulder. I can't breathe. I can hardly talk. And I remember my wife just went off. She's like, she's like, look, look at my husband. She was like, when do you know this man not to be talking? I mean, I'm always talking. It's the New York. She's like, when do you know this man to sit here and be quiet? This man has not said five words in the whole. And I mean, my wife just lost it. So it does make a difference in having an advocate. And that's why uh, I asked that question. I think a lot of people sometimes when you don't go through a, a trauma or a trial and tribulation such as that, they don't sometimes we just shrug it off like well come on you should have just said this or you should have just did this like you know so i'm glad that you were able to share that story because first of all I, I was getting chills listening to it um but it needs to be shared and i think we need to uh, you know just really hear and listen to what some of our, our people are going through and really work to be health advocates not you know for those that we love because if you know that person is acting different or moving different or not doing what you know, you got to jump up in there like double Dutch form and 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 make it happen. You know, so thank you for sharing that. But I do want to ask too, because I I am I am somewhat ignorant to uh, the topic and and you know all the other you know subsets and things that may come with lupus. Um, but I have to ask: Is there more than one type, or is it just uh, you know uh, I don't want to say blanket, but is it like is it just across the board when it comes to dealing with lupus? No, it is not. Um, there's lupus of the skin. It's a okay. lupus. Um, mm -hmm. Seal, for those of you who know Seal, Seal, okay. has, Seal has lupus. And that, that, his face his face shows, you know, his lupus. Wow. Um, then you have SLE. Okay. Um, SLE deals more with the, that's the more common one that deals with the organs on mm -hmm. the inside. You have drug-induced lupus. Um, hmm. You have... Um, Ne, ne, I keep messing up the name. Neo, ne, natal, <laughs> ne, neonatal, neonatal, yeah. Yes, okay. lupus. You know, um, it's there. There are several, and I, um, I'm still researching because they just came out with more different types of lupus. So yes, and, there when, is and when you said that too, so I, the neonatal, I think, and and please correct me if I'm wrong. I believe a lot of women. How how is it so? It, lupus sometimes is it dormant, and sometimes you can uh, women can become pregnant, and through that process, uh, the lupus will flare up. I guess it, it, you say, or it has um, known it has been known that lupus will not flare until some some people have gotten pregnant. Hmm. Um, but it also people might have it even you know before they know they're hmm. pregnant because at one point they said you have lupus you couldn't get pregnant. When hmm. I heard that, it was like a baby boom throughout the lupus community. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I was like, well, I guess that wasn't true. <laughs> everybody and their mama posting pictures of this okay. beautiful, beautiful little baby boy or girl after the doctor said you would never have, never have a Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So then 
that also uh, leads me to to want to ask because um, in in my reading and when I really sat back and thought thought about it, uh, my wife and I and you know our team were talking. It just made me want to ask. So it's kind of like a two part question, um, and I'm just going to throw it out here. So one, does lupus affect men or women more? And the second part of that is it seen across maybe one ethnicity more than maybe any other. 10% men, 90% women. Wow. Um, most, mostly um, across the board for African descent. Wow. Um, you see more people who have more pigment in their skin. Mm-hmm. So there's people, I mean, from all over the world that have it. But it's, it, it seems to be that the more pigment in your skin, the more mm-hmm. accessible you are, even though everybody can get it. You have Caucasian, there's a large number of Caucasian people that have it, but the main numbers are geared towards those of color. Wow. So then it just leads me to ask, in in your, you know, research and the work that you're doing, though, I mean, has this been traced to anything? And I'm going to assume, I hate to use the word assume, uh, but this is genetically based, uh, something that, you know, is more just in our genes. Uh, they have not answered that question. They haven't. Wow. Yes. So um, because you can have one person in your family that has lupus, that has been diagnosed with lupus, let me say that. Mm-hmm. And then you can have several people diagnosed and then one person who's not. Wow. And then a lot of people don't even get flares unless they're in a certain type of environment. Hmm. So when, when so that that that's very interesting. So this is uh like stress triggers then or stress good bad or ugly you know it stress does tra- trigger it hmm. stress stress is a big trigger factor wow never that so uh, and i'm just going to go along a couple other things then you know is it maybe how we eat you know foods that we eat or um not you getting know, enough no one really likes to say that, <laughs> that we because they like what they like. Right, right, right. Let's keep that real. You know, yes. They're right. But the truth of the matter is the doctors are even coming out even more so, you know, with gut health and everything else. Everything re- is starting to revolve around what we intake into our body. You are what you eat, period. Yeah, yeah. You know, and all the chemicals and stuff that they actually put in the foods. Mm. You know, you got to keep that in mind, you know, Mm -hmm. and a lot of people get upset because they was like, people tell them, well, don't, um, if you change your eating habits, you know, you'll be okay. You'll be cured. And they get frustrated because it was like, there, they, there is no known cure that Mm -hmm. the doctors have put out there, FDA Mm -hmm. have put out there. So the, I hate to say it, but you know, I, you, you follow the money, right? You know, and bottom line is medical systems, even though I will never tell anybody not to take their medication or not to go to the doctor, they're built up to be a revolving door so that they can make money, Mm -hmm. you know, and they are well educated on the body. They can tell us some things to find out what's going on so that we know how to treat ourselves. Right. But like I tell everybody, doctors, by definition, are there to practice. So if a doctor, if you're willing to open yourself to be practiced on by a doctor, why not take the matters into your own hand to try to do some things for yourself? Whether, Mm -hmm. because it hits everyone differently, 
And you can't say that this is good for them, so it must be good for everybody. True. What be good for them might be might not be good for the next person. True. Like there's some healthy um, healthy um, seasonings and foods that I can't even eat mm. because my body my body rejects it. But that's wow. me trying to be healthy. But I can't eat all the healthy stuff that they call healthy. Right. <laughs> so we have to look at all we have to look at those type of things and be mindful of that and be and know what works for your body mm-hmm. and that that's very true i i do believe um again from my experience you have to teeter and walk that fine line of medicine and holistic or yeah, I, and I, I absolutely agree with that actually you really do have to find that fine line and balance because at the end of the day you know your body and you know me i know look being that there's certain things i know if i go sit down right now and i have a piece of cake or something right now i know tomorrow morning i'm gonna wake up my eyes gonna be blurry i don't care even with the medicine i, I don't care is that's what is this gonna be and right. you you learn these things so you know i learned to if i'm going to cheat i'll cheat early in the day gives me time to you know either exercise or work to burn it off uh, with you know my medication that I take, so that when I wake up tomorrow, I'm not walking around like, okay, what's that? Oh, that's the, okay. Let me not knock this over, and I'm not walking around like I'm blind. So it's very true. And then it is, uh, it is. cutting out those things that I could look. I love potatoes. I love French fries. Probably one of the worst yeah. things for me. So you know, you you kind of you know I do sweet potato fries or you know something you know. So you do have to teeter or in all of that good stuff. That's the perfect word, teeter. Yes, you, you gotta you really get over do. that line because you, you gotta know you. That, Nobody really. lives in your body but you. So well said, sis. Best. Yes. So I do want to ask then also, since we're talking about symptoms, you know, are there any symptoms maybe you can share that anyone listening who may not really think they have lupus or maybe it was like, yeah, try to self health check and they see a few things. And they're not sure. Are there any symptoms maybe people should address with their doctor? So I don't want to put anything out there to just like freak anybody out. Okay. But you need to pay attention to low grade fevers. You mm. need to pay attention to fatigue. It is a major, major thing. You're always tired. You get eight hours of sleep and you wake up tired. Okay. Those are the two main things. Like now. <laughs> no problem. No, <laughs> understood. Understood. Mm-hmm. You know, that we really have to pay attention to that my doctor always tells me to pay attention to is that low grade fever and that um, the tiredness, the fatigue. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, there's other things and everybody uh, and other people because lupus. It's hard to it's hard to find a lupus patient who has lupus and nothing else. Mm. So don't let someone just put a title on you for the popular disease and not find out the root issue of what everything that's going on with you Hmm. because my mother um wasn't she was adamant about you know having lupus on her paperwork but if they if they did not pay attention to her or anything they just would have put her down for heart failure and not Mm, lupus a lot of people get diagnosed with lupus after they've passed away And it's unfortunate because if they would have found that diagnosis before, it's a possibility. Possibility. Yep. You never know. It is a possibility that they could have had a longer life if they hmm. would have known the root issue. Man, that, look, I'm I'm just getting hit with all kind of, and this is what I love about, you know, doing this and having this. Uh, I hope 
and I, and I say this a lot on the show, if one person walks away uh, gaining something beneficial and is impactful or empowers them to do something impactful to make change and reach out, then we've done our job. So I hope anyone, if you're just tuning in, you know, listening or, or having the opportunity to watch, go back and listen, you know, to the beginning. And Uzuriel has, has really blessed us with some gems and some knowledge uh, here today. So I want to make sure that you please go back and listen because we're, we're, we're moving forward. But this stuff is, is really uh, it's really great. Um, so with that being said, I, I, I got to ask him because we've talked about it, but we haven't talked about it. So with all this information and education we're talking about today, um, I'm sorry, wrong question, but this one right here. What is really Gibson Lupus Arc all about? And please give us the whole, you know, the resource and where people can go and what you're doing in the community. Like, give us the whole kit and caboodle. The website is www.gibsonlupusarc.org. Um, we are a resource. We are rebuilding our data system where people will be able to find organizations, they will be able to find businesses, and they will be able to find doctors, doctors mm. that actually cater, not ones that are going to tell you what your body's doing, ones that will actually listen to you. So we are winging those out. Um, this organization is also starting up classes to help people, help people learn how to work out of a hospital bed mm. because one of the biggest things when you're in the hospital and you could be there for three months, like I was, I came out and I wasn't even sure where I was going to live because I've been in the hospital for three months. How do you pay your rent? Mm. So mm. to make sure you're not a burden on somebody or to make sure you're just doing something for yourself, we encourage people to take these classes, to, to get involved in the group sessions, to find your niche, to find what you can do with yourself so that you can so that you can lessen that stress factor mm. remember i said mm -hmm. about good and bad stresses so lessen that stress factor on you so that you can feel like a, a productive citizen in society mm -hmm. you know so these are the things that we're we're catering to and of course we have events like we have an um we just had our international pageant event where we get people um there's from the philippines from oh, africa wow. from canada i mean from all over the united states you know, we have all kinds of contestants that participate and they really enjoy it. It helps bring people out of their norm of that's feeling all, that's awesome. you know, so we have different things. We have different events like that throughout the year. So that is who we are. We're here to help people for a day to day basis. And that's awesome. So, look, I'm going to go ahead and pause for the cause and we're going to step away and run a, a quick quick ad for our sponsors you know who are uh supporting two mics up td3 insurance bubbles and brews philly riddick entertainment and our sister over at jmi income tax so ladies and gentlemen just stand just stay with us for one second we'll be right back after the break
right, y'all. We back out the breaks. Your man, Dame DMY DC, host of the Two Mics Up podcast. We sitting here chopping it up with our sister, Zuriel Gibson. You know, she is the CEO and founder of Gibson Luke Lupus Arc. That's A-R-C. You know, straight out. And I want to make sure I got this right. Houston, am I correct? We got, we out in Houston, Texas. We uh, are. All right. So look, y'all heard it here. Make sure you you check the sister out. Check her foundation out. You know, do what you can. You know, if you got family in the area, yeah, man, have them check check her out, man, and, and give some support. Because I I, I want to lead off really in asking, you know, everything that you're doing in the community, where do you see, you know, Zuriel Gibson ARC, you know, let's say in the next five years? You know, where where do you see your foundation and your organization moving towards in, in the community in the next five years? Um, growing, growing to the number of people that we get an opportunity to help. That's, that's really the goal. Mm. So we start there, we're going to continue there, we're going to finish there. Hopefully we'll never finish. Hopefully it's this right. goal from generation to generation, making sure that people know how to live on a day-to-day basis until the cure comes, mm. you know, having more events where we can, uh, where we can have more patients coming out saying that, they're doing well, their lupus is dormant, or they've been cured from lupus. Mm. That's what I see in the next five years. And, and and because of what you're doing, it really it really evolves and centers around a lot of the community and, and the community being involved. You know, how, I guess, how does that network and how has that networking been for you there in Houston? And I, I ask that only because so I know a lot of it is similar to a lot of organizations where, you know, you're working from your home base. But how can, let's say, if someone like myself who's in the DMV or in New York or, you know, we've got people over in the UK that follow and watch along, how can they get involved and, and continue to help and support your mission? Like I said, you know, we are international. I work out of my home, but everything I do is online for the most part, except for the events. Um, So there are organizations everywhere, Mm -hmm. all over the world, as well, you know, as well as doing here in the United States. So being where you are and wanting to support the cause, you know, having having us helping us raise funds so that we can get the word out there about lupus and how to live on a day-to-day basis will be absolutely amazing. Telling other organizations that, hey, get on board with this database, um, help out where people be able to find you. They'll be able to donate and volunteer to you, volunteer to you, no matter where you are in the world. People need to know where you are and what you do and how you do it so that Mm. they don't feel alone. That that who that right there we're gonna put a period on that one right there because that that was very well said sis I think you summed it all up in a nutshell uh, and and while you were talking and I was thinking about it you know and I don't know why this just jumped out to me with the pandemic going on and two it's really a two part question too you know we talk about the pandemic going on and I want to ask about where we are in the cure process because I know you had mentioned earlier there isn't a cure. But with the pandemic, you know, how has it been more difficult uh, maneuvering for you or someone with lupus uh, because it's an autoimmune deficiency? I laugh because 
majority of the stuff that we do anyway. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> so the pandemic was just like, well, okay. I'm gonna <laughs> the rest of us had to play catch up. <laughs> exactly. You know? so a lot of us were already wiping down seats in the air in a, on an airplane and keeping your mask on and having your gloves and your sanitizer. Majority of the stuff that they were saying do, a lot of us lupus patients was like, <laughs> uh, there's nothing different to, right. as far as my life is concerned. You right. know, so we weren't really, it didn't really maneuver us well other than making sure that, you know, the being more secure with the people that come around us, making sure right. that, you know, that they didn't have anything, you know, and they understand even, um, helping them understand even more so now yeah, you could you could have gotten me sick and killed me before, before. but now, <laughs> yeah, yeah, now you see some things happening. Right so. now, you get it, and that's why I don't know why. Like I just thought, like you know, we talking autoimmune, and now here we come in with this Delta variant. Now we Delta plus plus and everything going. On. I'm like, wait a minute, but you're right because, like you say, to you guys is natural. Like, oh, you you guys, y'all just now catching up. You just now catching on to what I've been telling you. Okay, so that again. Ignorant is blind, and this is why I'm glad we can have these conversations because somebody else is probably just as ignorant as I was with that question. But hey, look, I had to ask it. Well, it was really funny because I was watching something on Instagram, and one of these stories passed passed by because 2020 we were on lockdown, right? And most of us who barely go anywhere anyway was like, "This is lockdown." <laughs> <laughs> Okay. <laughs> it's normal. This is no every normal day stuff. Yes. I mean, it was nothing to me. Yeah. I order yeah. groceries anyway. <laughs> <laughs> but like, time. I never really wanted to go anywhere. My TV is fine. Uh, and, and, <laughs> and I get my it. My TV and my books and, you know, whatever I got going on in my house, I'm well content. So uh, it wasn't a it. real lockdown for a lot of us. Uh, you know, and you're right. So that that's awesome. So again, you know, those of you who may be watching this thinking, Dame, you're a fool. No, you know you was thinking it. And I'm just the one to ask it. Not a problem. Yeah, I'm just the one to ask it. So before, you know, as we're coming towards the close, what I do want to ask is, I think it is important. Um, so there is no cure. Um, but from your your experience and your education and what you've been able to acquire, like where where is the medical field as it relates to lupus into maybe uh coming up with some type of cure or something to kind of help those who are dealing with lupus so the the research itself has not come up with a cure mm. no nothing known mm -hmm. but the but if you look at what's playing around it and how to take care of yourself mm -hmm. You know, with the gut, um, with leaky gut and, you know, because with leaky gut comes so many different things, mm. you know, and it just, it depends on the person and what you need to do for your physical body. Understood. Because people have had stories where they feel as if they were cured from lupus. Mm. People have had stories where they say that lupus is dormant. They haven't, I mean, had no symptoms for like five years or so. So okay. it depends on the person and what you're willing to do for your own self as far as changing your diet and understanding what's going into, excuse me, what's going into the food that you intake, you know, mm. even, even the stuff they call healthy, you know, right. um, you can be gluten sensitive and that could be, mm. you know, doing something to your body, maybe not right away, but eventually causing a flare up. You never wow. know. Wow. You have to do the research on your own body 
to know what works for you and what doesn't. Man, I, oh, man, I, I'm, I'm at a loss of words. I, I pray, you know, that you know this is something that we we help bring to light, continue to shed light on, uh, for those in in the lupus community that are that are struggling and dealing with this day to day prayers. And I hope that you know, at some some point, medicine will be able to provide some type of relief uh, for those who have to deal with this struggle. Um, but I do want to ask, you know, as we close out uh, on this great conversation, where, or not even where, what's next for Gibson? Like, what, do you have any events on your calendar locally uh, that you can share or talk about or you, any events or anywhere we can find you speaking? Like, what's going on with Zuriel and, and Gibson uh, Lupus Arc? Well, the world is just opening up, so so am I. Okay. <laughs> so I, I am put, putting myself on the platform to be able to go and speak in so many different places. I just don't have anything solidified just yet. We do have a golf tournament coming up, the organization, mm -hmm. in May of next year. Mm -hmm. um, so if you go to the website, I will keep you updated on any and everything we have going on or coming mm -hmm. up. All right, that's what I'm talking about. So, ladies and gentlemen, and, and then look me up. You can see. I'll pay. I'll come to you. You need me to speak? Look here. Look. Well, I don't think you know, but this is how I work on two mics. Once you want to show, you part of the family. So there, there will be things that we'll be reaching out and we'll be looking to cross platform and work together. So trust me, that that's just kind of what we do around here. But you mentioned the website, so I want to allow you to take a few minutes. Please share your website information again, your social media, uh, where people can find you and donate support uh wherever you are take a few moments to go ahead and share that with everybody before we close out today's show so the organization is www.gibson g-i-b is in boy s-o-n lupus l-u-p-u-s arc a-r-c dot org or if you just want to reach out to me you know i do teach i'm a coach and i'm a speaker a keynote speaker and a lupus advocate of course a survivor you can also reach out um, at www.zurielgibson.com. All right. And you got it. And I tried to make sure that we, we got that information up. I'm going to go ahead and put it there one more time. The website for everyone to go ahead and follow Gibson Lupus Art, Zuriel Gibson, all her amazing work that she's doing down in the Houston area. Look, ladies and gentlemen, this is what it's all about here on Two Mics Up. You know how we do. We get down with Educate, Empower, and Impact. We want to always leave you better than when you came in. So I hope you enjoyed today's show. You can always follow Two Mics Up online at www.twomicsup.com. You can follow us across our social media, IG, Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube at Two Mics Up. And if you are watching this today on YouTube, make sure you go ahead down there. You hit that subscribe button. Don't forget to hit that bell just above it so that you can be notified of all the newest content coming from Two Mics Up. And like we always do as we close out each and every show, stay safe, stay blessed, Mike's out.